This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast that is frankly ready for its shot in the Dallas Stars Top 6. Still waiting for a call. Um, You guys know where to find us. Don't understand. I I could do it. Uh, Mark could as well with me. When's our chance? Well, this is this is an exciting thing. It's new. We're we're big time now. We've got. We're delighted to welcome uh, the Green Team, a sponsor for us, and and thankful to join us. Robert Greening uh, wanted to take a couple of minutes and say hello. First off, say thank you to you. We're really excited about what we're going to be able to do um, with Stargazing with your support moving forward, and uh, wanted to give you a chance to say hi to the listeners and, and kind of let us know. Why you found, uh, you know, how you found us and, and why, you, why you're why uh, you going to be helping us out moving forward. Well, Wesley here at Greening Law, uh, we're all big Stars fans and many of us are fans of y'all's podcast. And we just thought what a better way to uh, help you guys out and get in more into your world here than sponsoring you guys. So we're going to be uh, your sponsor for the Stargazing podcast. Uh, and uh, we just want to get to know everybody even more and uh, help out any Stars fans that we can. We do personal injury and wrongful death cases, and we uh, help people. We like to say that we we fight people's legal battles so that they can heal and renewal renew from their injury or the catastrophic thing that's happened in their family. So we hope we can help your listeners that way, but we also just are excited to be a part of your stargazing world and go stars. And I mean, I think that's so important as well. We talked about it in the spot, but it's, it's one of those, you know, situations you never want to be in um, dealing with some kind of personal injury, but when you do, you want your priority to be getting better and you want your focus to be on how do I, how do I fix this? How do I take care of my family? How do I make sure that, that my life kind of continues moving on? And unfortunately, there are a lot of aspects and there's a lot of noise when that's going on that can pull you away from that. And you're having to deal with, you know, doctors and bills. And and like I said, you never want to be in this situation, but sometimes you have to protect yourself. And all of those things take your focus away from getting better. And I think for me personally, that was why we were interested and and why we were kind of delighted, not just... It's it's rad to have a sponsor. It's great, but it's also nice to have have one that isn't meaningless, right? And and we were really the the mission I think appealed to to Mark and, and myself and the rest of the podcast crew. So we're we're really um, we're pleased to have the support, and we're also pleased to help you get um, get yourself out there and make sure that again that you can help people um, find a way to to get themselves better without having to to be all by themselves right and to fight those fights all by themselves so right we like to tell our clients that you know we've got this you just go get well you just go you know renew yourself if it's a death in the family or something like that go go get renewed and and or if you're hurt really bad go get well let us fight the battle and so um that's our attitude and and we try to be very client centered client first. Anyway, we're excited about this. This will be a fun thing. We love the stars and we know you guys do too. So we just thought it was a great partnership. Love it. We're excited as well. And and have to ask, 
from from a Stars fans perspective, you know, who is your favorite player? Who do you watch? You know, when you're when you're watching Stars, kind of who leaps out to you? Uh, well, of course, Miro does. <laughs> that was my my original question was going to be who is your favorite and why is it Miro Haskinen? But I, I wanted to <laughs> at least give you the chance to suggest an alternative. So I, I think that's yeah, it's 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 amazing to see it all. He always reminds me of a vintage Mike Madonna, and it's one of those guys that you could know. You know, you could be you could be an alien watching your first hockey game ever and see everybody skating around, and you'd say, I don't know why, but this one is different. And that's right. Yeah, it's a great right. answer. Well, thank you for your support. Um, we're really looking forward to partnering with you moving forward. Um, looking forward to continuing to give uh, this great stargazing content as, as much and as best as we can. Um, we'll, we'll work on Mark's prognostications. I promise that. But um, okay. yeah, just looking forward to finishing the season strong and a nice deep run in the playoffs. All right. Thank you all very much. Look forward to working with you guys. Thank you, Robert. All right. Mark, how's it going, buddy? Well, been on the freeway for an hour and a half. Uh, didn't get my chance to play hockey. I got my chance to curse at a bunch of really bad drivers, but uh, I've taken a deep breath and uh, I'm ready to talk about some hopefully good stars hockey. You know, hopefully good stars hockey is a thing we all like to talk about. And, you know, as we record this, we're we're on the back of consecutive wins against the Florida Panthers and the New York Islanders. So from an outcome perspective, the the hockey we're talking about is quite good. But Mark, I'm going to hit you with one of my favorite questions and, and something tough right out of the gate. From a process perspective, how would you say uh, the last two games have been for the Dallas Stars? I mean, obviously, we've seen five periods out of those six without Rupe Hints, and it's been a little bit of a struggle, even though we've we've racked up some points. You know, yeah. I've, I've seen a lot of dump and chase and uh, some things that that you know, we have nightmares from last year uh, seeing, and it, it hasn't left me with loads of confidence. Yeah, it's it's been... Um... You know, and of course, the big move Dallas made is it looks like at least an, as an interim solution, they've kept the Marchment Johnston um, Ben grouping largely together and have moved Tyler Sagan between uh, Joe Pavelski and Jason Robertson. And, you know, that that's, I guess, with the, you know, I, and I, I, I don't I. I don't want well, no, I take that back. I, I'm absolutely delighted to and happy to say I told you so. You know, we've we've over the last couple of podcasts, one of the things that we've come back to and, and mentioned is how, you know, golly, what's this thing going to look like if we wind up in a situation where a member of the the top three goes down and, and now we're two games into it and it's not super duper encouraging. I mean, Florida, they they ended up getting um you know, I think it was a two goals in the second, two goals in the third to kind of turn that one into a laugher. But it was it was a struggle. They were they were definitely on the struggle bus. And then, you know, the Islanders was as as one to nothing a a shootout win as you could one to nothing your shootout win. Yeah, it's a you know, the second two two periods against Florida, there there's always this adrenaline rush when you when you see one of your top guys go where everybody kind of bucks up and ups their game. And you can do that off of, of adrenaline. And then there's the, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? We have uh, we have a full game, and and we're missing one of our top guns. 
Yeah. And, you know, the, I mean, obviously that that goal that the Stars scored, the tic-tac-toe between uh, between Sagan and Pavelski and Robertson was pretty sweet, but they were few and far between. And it was a lot more of a struggle where, you know, we were turning the puck over, we were dumping it in and not getting a, uh, getting on the forecheck very well. So it felt a whole lot like the Islanders had the ice tilted against us for quite a while. And it was Jake Ottinger uh, backstopping the whole thing, standing on his head. Yeah, it was um, it was real sort of fortunate. And you can make the argument. And, and Saad had, if you don't you know, read his stuff on the, the athletic, I, I recommend it. He had some pieces breaking down. If you look at expected goals, um, the Sagan, Robertson, Pavelski line actually was effective. They they shipped, they gave up a lot too. Um, they were they were positive, but not by as much as you'd maybe think your your first grouping could be, right? But it, it just felt like yeah, it was hard. And we've been kind of used to this team being able to find offense and, and score goals and do all the things. And all of a sudden, it was a snap back to um, the bonus and the Hitchcock 2.0 years where everything was just a struggle. Yeah, and the thing is, if you take a look at it, you know, the one thing that the, that Hintz supplies on that top line is, is immense speed. And if you put put post-injury Sagan out there, and, you know, he's he's not he's not absolutely dirt slow, but he doesn't have the legs that he used to, and Robertson's not that fleet of foot, and Pavelski certainly isn't. isn't that's, that's a lot of skill but it's not a lot of skill that's going to get anywhere quickly they're going to have to depend on moving the puck and and being in the right spot and i'll I'll take it one step further and and a big part of of why hence's speed is so significant is it helps that line defensively he can get back and help kind of shore things up on the back end collect the puck and initiate you know he's a guy that can both you know initiate and then finish the same attack so when you when you remove that it just it it's like it gives everybody else it, it gives everybody else one or two additional layers of responsibility and that's that's tough that's that's a hard that that changes you know when you're talking about the NHL level and the margins at which these guys work and play right like having that security blanket taken away makes an impact it changes the way things it changes the way your line functions and and we saw that and and in particular against New Jersey but we or sorry against the Islanders but we we've seen that over the past two games yeah, exactly. And and what you end up having a, you know, you're, you're going to have a defender pinch and you're used to having speed be able to come back and and stop those odd man rushes. And I think we saw a lot of odd man rushes there, or at least uh, places where there were passes available to, to, to the Islanders, especially when they were coming down where, where they were a little ahead of the play and, yeah. and the stars were behind the play. And I think that explains the the expected goals numbers that you ended up seeing out of that top line yeah and then you had another you know flashbacks to pittsburgh right they they part of the consequence you can look at it and say yeah they got the win and statistically it's why i asked you the process versus outcome question outcome two points yay process offense was a slog and the reason that, that matters is, well, first off, they, you know, they, it got them to the 50-50 coin flip of a shootout, right? That's not you. You don't want to you don't want to make your bones winning winning shootout games in the NHL. It's just not a, a good auger for future success. But the other thing is that, you know, I, like I said, I, I had Pittsburgh flashbacks. The Islanders had a fantastic chance to tie that game. Um, very sorry to win that game in the last what I think it was 34, 35 <laughs> seconds of regulation. Heart and attack if, time, yeah. Yeah, and and it's 
when you can't when when you no longer have the classic Dallas Stars defense that can get the puck, keep the puck, you know, prevent shots, right? You don't have that any longer. We it's gone. When you don't have that and you can't generate offensive separation, you can't get two goal leads, you can't push, you know, you can't push things. When you can't do that, then it amplifies individually, you know, it's, it's one of those things you might look at the overall expected goals of the game and say, yeah, well, they were, you know, I think it was like 1.7 to 1.9 or 1.9 or whatever. You can look at that and say, well, they were, they were very, you know, they were, they were positive. They generated blah, blah, blah. But when it's a one goal hockey game, the, the broader statistical story matters a lot less than, yeah, but the other team got one weird bounce found the back of the net. And that was that, right? You're just, when you're on the margins, you are susceptible to chaos and chaos is impossible to control. Yeah, and and the thing the thing that's interesting to me is that the stars for one of the few times this year seem to drop a little bit into the shell and turtle a bit. And and I think that's because you have some guys who are playing up the lineup where they aren't expecting to be. They don't have the confidence that they can generate offense out of a defensive structure that's protecting a lead. And the advantage that you have when it, with, with the talent that they had and the way that Pete DeBoer approaches the game, with that talent out there, we're able to take the defense and, and be threatening and go out and extend leads. And I don't think we saw the confidence with this group being able to do that. And, and then to our original point, another thing that lets you play the way they've been playing to the point this season is when you can roll three, you know, two and a half, three effective offensive units, it gives you more of that margin of error. It gives you more of that ability to to generate pressure and to alleviate the amount that you have to lean on your defense, right? And without hints in the lineup, that goes, you know, all of a sudden Dallas has a much more limited offensive skill set and is much more exactly what we're talking about. They can't, they can't generate the goals, which puts more pressure on the defense, which puts more pressure on the goaltending, which puts them in situations where it just takes one weird thing or a bad bounce or great play even on the other team. And all of a sudden a tie turns into, you know, a win turns into a tie, a tie turns into a loss. And, and, you know, here we are. Right. And what, what you end up happening, have happening here. I mean, we see it. There are really seven forwards that, that seem to, based on ice time, have, have made it into DeBoer's graces, if you will. And and here, you are. ice time is 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 the primary way, way that you get rewarded as a hockey player. If you're if you're doing what you should be doing, your ice time is going to be going up and staying pretty high. And there's there's a group of seven. You know, the 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 hints, the uh, Robertson and Pavelski line, and then. You you have Ben, Wyatt Johnston, and Marshman, who are also getting the ice time. And then you have Tyler Sagan, who's kind of the odd man out there. Yeah. And now he's moved up onto the top line. But that means that you're having somebody like Radic Fossa move up in a third spot. And so instead of having that seventh guy who you're trying to meld together a line with, and you still have some kind of confidence that he's going to be able to to have an impact if you put him with the right guys. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you have that same thing. You aren't going to say, Hey, if I put the right guys around Radic Foxa, that's going to be our third scoring line. Yeah. No, if, that, if, that if, if that's what sailed, you're thinking, right? that's not going to happen. Yeah. At this point, Foxa is who he is and, and we can have arguments about how valuable that is to the stars and what they need to be doing about it. And all, all of those wonderful things, but you're, you're completely correct. It's, it's the, everybody shuffles up one spot in the lineup and all of a sudden you realize that 
you know, unless unless you're willing to to potentially give Johnston his own line and, you know, try and create something that way. The kid, I think, did play did play center at the, um, you know, the junior level. He's taken some face offs. He's, he's been in the middle a little bit in the league, but with a Jamie Ben shaped security blanket. So unless unless you're willing to maybe look to him to drive as his own unit, which feels like a stretch at this point, then. Uh, you know, Dallas is back to being really a team that has two lines and that that's harder to do. Right. And, and if you take a look at how time's coming out, you're, you're seeing a, a, a bit of a reversion with the fourth line to being a strict checking line. Yeah. And, and I, I guess not, you know, five on five strict checking line, but more, uh, you know, penalty kill specialist type guys. And, one of the strengths that we had with this stars team at the early part of the year was that ice time was bunched up between all 12 forwards and they were rolling four lines and they could stay healthy doing it that way. Yep. They could keep Ben's minutes down doing, doing it that way. And, and, and it was, it was almost like a no brainer. You just threw the guys out there and they were going to perform. And we've kind of backed away from that a bit and we're trying to roll three lines and then that fourth line is getting thrown out there, and the best that you're going to get is a bit of a of a grinding uh, offensive zone time. The worst is they're going to get ground down in the defensive end, but they aren't going to be a threat. And and that was the advantage that we had in rolling four lines. We were trying to make them a threat, and, yeah. and maybe we've just kind of said, well, we tried making them a threat, and you know, Kivaranta has five goals, and oh Glenn Denning has what one or two goals and Fox has a handful of goals. And, you know, that's, that's just not, you know, that, that's kind of random bounces. Yeah. Glenn Denning has a pair. Give you on to five. As you said, Fox has three Fox leads that group with seven points on three goals and four assists. He had, if you'll recall, he had that good week when he briefly was moved up to the Sagan unit. Yep. And we all thought, Hey, wouldn't this be great? But I mean, he's, he's erratic Foxa like, and I don't. I don't even mean that disparagingly. Like, there's there's good stuff that he does, but like at this point, he's he is aggressively Radic Foxa, and expecting or relying on him to be anything other than that is is just not in the same way with Luke Glendening, right? Like these are these are guys. They're they're they are known. They are known knowns, and they're not going to be, you know, nothing different is going to happen. So you either have to to kind of use them to their purpose or find someone else. Yeah, but I, I think I think DeBoer actually thought he was going to be able to get a little more offense out there. And, yeah, and, 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 and let me you know, ask he, you about that, right? What's because one of the the reasons was, of course, Frederick Olofsson came up and has you know looked good by a couple statistical measures. He has a goal, but now it's been seven games and he just has that one single goal. And you know, I was looking at his uh, just because of all the forward shuffling stuff. I was looking at his time on the ice, and he was pretty. It, it, he went through a three-game stretch where he was around, you know, it was he started off about 9:47, so almost 10 minutes against San Jose, 11:07 against LA, 10:20 against Anaheim, 11:02 against Florida, then it dropped to 7:48 against um, against the Islanders. Is, is this a guy, you know, kind of the same as as call-ups, you know, call-ups of Christmas past? Is is he about to head back down and give somebody else a try? Is, is something else going on in your estimation here? Well, I think that's exa exactly it. Yeah, again, it's ice time, and ice time is the reward. And and you see it in in the ice time that was given to Blumel when he first came up. You know, it started out at a, at, at about a, a ten to twelve clip, and then by the end he was down to you know six. 
And we saw the same thing with Tufty, and now we're seeing the same thing with Olofsson. I, I think I'm a little dis- disappointed that Olofsson is uh, is trending that way, just because I, I think he's shown some things that yeah. uh, that maybe Tufty and Blumel didn't. But uh, you know, in my mind, it looked it looks like he's losing a little, little bit of trust, and that has traditionally this season meant that he's going to be down in in Cedar Park, and we're going to get the next guy up, and 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 you know if if I, I think the next guy up is probably Student Nietzsche, and if that's the case, I think Student Nietzsche has some things that he brings uh, as far as speed and tenacity that uh, that we haven't really seen yet. So I, I think it's worth a try. But I, I thought Olafson has done enough to uh, to get a bit more of an extended look than uh, than maybe the way it's trending. Yeah, and and I'm I'm a curmudgeon as well, and it also you know feels like he has done that and. Why does it have to be? It's not. It's not that the AHL gets one spot in this lineup, right? Why does it have to be Olison that comes out to make room for somebody else to get a try? It's I. You know, I would argue that the Dallas Stars are getting just as much usefulness out of Kiviranta or out of um, you know Luke Lindenning, right? There are there are other guys in the lineup that might benefit from a little bit of a respite, and the Stars would benefit from getting some new blood into the lineup. And it, I, I don't. I, I don't I wouldn't say that performance is so clean cut that it's it's a given that if you just go by, you know, merit, you know, meritocracy, I don't think it's just a given that, OK, well, Olafson goes down and somebody else comes up and we just keep trying that over and over and over again. Well, let, let me posit this to you then, because, uh, again, I'm going to harp on ice time as a reward. No, mm-hmm. ice time as a reward is is the traditional way that you do it, and and you come up, you get your your ice time as 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 somebody who's coming up from the AHL, but you you're still kind of in, in that AHL NHL bucket. You you haven't made the NHL lineup bucket, and so if Olafson goes back down, it's it, it's just because he he hadn't forced his way into the lineup. If you take somebody like Glenn Denning or Kiviranta. That's that's the nuclear option. That means you've moved them from the strictly NHL bucket to the AHL slash NHL bucket. And that's a pretty big decision just to say that's just what ask, you're going to do. Just ask Jacob Peterson. But I, I mean, yeah, at, well, exactly. at the same time, though, like you have to ask some honest questions about quality of play. And am, am I moving someone into that bucket or have they moved themselves? Right. It's not yeah. like. It's it would be one thing if we're sitting here and, you know, Olafson has, you know, three or four, you know, three or four goals or even just three or four points over seven games. And it's kind of consistently driving a line and, you know, it's oh, well, it's somebody else's turn. Like, that'd be one thing. But this is a situation where none of those options, it's it's not I don't know, none, none of those options are, are really performing, I, I think. And it's it's worth I I. I just don't think that the reason that the off, I, let me be more articulate apologies listeners for, for subjecting you to this particular rant. But in my opinion, the reason that the Dallas offense is scuffling is not because the, you know, 10 one on average of ice time given to Frederick Olofsson is doing it right. And so if it, if you just replace that 10 minutes with the same 10 minutes of student Nietzsche or Riley Damiani, or, you know, insert AHL forward here, it's not, that is not going to resolve the broader structural issue. So I guess part of me is like, well, well, keep punting through the lineup. Maybe the maybe the issue is that you need, you know, Olsen who has, you know, had some play driving moments 
and then maybe just just spitballing, but maybe Studenich's speed is more of an asset to this team at this moment than Luke Glendening's broader experience and ability to win faceoffs. Right, and and I think you're right. The problem that we're sol- trying to solve here isn't how to how to fix the third line. It's how to create or how to how to fix the fourth line. Is how to create the third line. And we're we're talking about you know hints back in the top line. We have Tyler Sagan centering what what is in essence now the third line, and we need to find him two guys who can be on his wings who turn that into a legitimate threat, and and and. Regardless of what happens, you know the fourth line can be a you know who cares if if what they're doing is uh, is you know getting a little bit of ice time five on five and and our penalty kill specialists fine mm-hmm. whatever, but we need to get if we're looking forward toward what we're going to do for the rest of the season in the playoffs we need to be ready to roll three lines and those three lines need to be a threat and right now you have Tyler Sagan and we haven't found guys where he can consistently have a line that's threatening offensively. And, yeah, it, and, and, and so that's, that's, you know, we aren't going to, we aren't going to be, we aren't going to be really in the Stanley cup conversation if we can't fix that problem. Absolutely. And, and I would say as well, and this, this can be a great segue to another part of it too, because there are, there are two distinct seasons in an NHL season, right? There, there are, there's the regular season and there's the playoffs, right? And the key difference is that when you're playing in the regular season, you really don't do or see extensive game planning versus a single team. Maybe if it's a division rival, maybe if you have a, you know, it's, you know, three day break between games, something like, but, but the reality of travel and of practice time is during the regular season, really what you do is you, you hone and you craft and you perfect your system and then you make what minimal adjustments you can based on what you know and the time you have against who you're playing before you get on a plane and play somebody else two days later, right? You don't you don't go into a you know January second game against whoever and have a an exhaustive elaborate game plan, right? Whereas in the playoffs, that is exactly what you do. And right. the problem with what we're seeing is it, the illustration being well, if everybody's healthy. Dallas presents three useful lines and that's enough, right? That's enough to really, you can't, that complicates coaching against the stars enough to give you options and swing and all of that. When Dallas all of a sudden becomes more of a two line team, it may not matter as much in the regular season because, you know, one, one great moment from Sagan Pavelski and Robertson is enough to get you into, you know, overtime against the Islanders. But like, once you have somebody that can really sit down and consistently game plan against you, the inability to you know, like the the more limited offense becomes something that you can game plan around. And that this, it leaves the stars more susceptible. It's like we talked it's like the penalties earlier, right? They have a great power uh, penalty kill during the regular season. Therefore, that stretch to start the year where they took a, a absurd number of penalties wasn't as as critical because you can say, well, yeah, it's not good. And it keeps the good players off the, off the ice. And that's not awesome, but Hey, they've got one of the best penalty kills in the league. So it's not really hurting them. That's different. Once you're going up against a team that really has the time to sit down and say, well, how can we goad these guys into penalties? Where are the holes on the penalty kill? And how can we specifically prepare to take advantage of those things? And good teams find weaknesses like that in a seven game playoff series 
And that tends to be, you know, when you see like, when you see a high, when you see an upset, right? When you see a team unexpectedly struggle, when you see something crazy happen in the NHL, it's usually because there was something that the regular season, the nature of the regular season hid that all of a sudden you get to the playoffs and you're like, Hey, we can get these guys, right? It's, it's, we can take this line out of the game. We can take this player out of the game and, and, and that's enough. Right. I mean, the playoffs are all about hiding your weaknesses and exploiting theirs. And, and that's, that's when the coaches earn their, you know, coaches earn their money two ways. They, they earn their, their money by setting structures and processes so that you can get through the, the regular season. And then they, then they earn their money on the back end in the playoffs by understanding their team and the teams they're playing against to modify those structures to take advantages. Yeah. And so that, yeah. And then just when we talk about the Fords, the, the reason that it's so critical is, is we saw a little bit against Calgary last season, the, the, the harder that it is for this team to generate offense, the, the more they're, uh, you know, good to, if, if a, a good team figures out how to take the Robertson line out of a game, what we're seeing right now is that the Dallas stars are going to struggle to account for it. No, like I, this, I think this that's, is what's valid. Whether whether it's an injury or whether it's coaching brilliance, right? What we're seeing over the past two games is what a series might look like when, you know, either through injury or tactics, someone is able to not nullify but but minimize the impact of Dallas's first line. Yep. I, I think that's absolutely correct. And we're going to stick with the theme of things to fixate and focus on. But um, while while we shift those gears, much like the object of the next little stretch of our podcast, it's going to take us a minute to, uh, to shall we say, transition effectively. So while, while we take a, a deep breath, we're going to hear from our brand new sponsor. A message from the attorneys at Greening Law PC, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. If you have been hurt in a car accident, experienced malpractice from a physician, hospital, or were injured on the premises of a business, then call the lawyers at Greening Law. They have represented clients from car accidents to birth injuries to sexual assault cases involving clergy or hospitals. The staff at Greening Law, better known as the Green Team, fights your legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. You know, we talk a lot on this podcast about our fierce Dallas stars. The Green Team is your fierce legal competitor against insurance companies. So what are you waiting for? Consultations are free. They only get paid if you get compensated. So give them a call at 972-934-8900. Again, that number is 972-934-8900. Call now. Principal office is located in Dallas, Texas. Yeah, I suppose now it's time to just let's talk about the defense. Because um, <laughs> that's uh, that, that's the other place that can get exploited. And I'm going to jump right, right back on my ice time, uh, uh, Jeremiah, here and say the one thing, guys, Maybe interested in seeing is a little less ice time for for Ryan Suter, and if you look at the numbers, that's actually happening. Well, I mean, it's um, certainly he's playing like you've jumped on his back and he's carrying <laughs> around. <laughs> well, the the thing that concerns me with the defense right now is is we seem to have we we have a defense that's almost completely offensively dependent on who's paired up with Miro Haskinen. And, and then the, the other guy who's really stepped up I, his game, I think, uh, this year has been Essa Lindell. And Lindell can carry a pair. It's not going to be the offensive juggernaut that you think Haskinen is going to be. But then it's a matter of shuffling who, you know, who's going to get that big bump. Is it Ryan Miller or Colin Miller who's going to uh, going to look great because he's paired with Haskinen, or is it going to be Ryan Suter who who's going to get that bump because he's paired with Haskinen? 
you know, who, who, who's going to look good, not because of necessarily their effort, but because they're playing with the, with, with just a awesome, you know, defensive, uh, and now even offensive defender. Well, on top of that, are we back to the point where we're talking about, you know, inarguably or potentially arguably getting, depending on your perspective, the season Jason Robertson is having, but should we really be talking about Dallas's a number one asset, Miro Haskinen? in terms of who is like, well, we can, we can hide this guy next to him. Shouldn't, shouldn't the the perspective be less about who can he cover for and more about who can unlock, you know, who can allow Miro to, to do Miro things. Yeah. I mean, how, how does Dallas, how does Dallas turn having Miro into being, you know, having a true top pairing where, where, where you have guys who are, have, have, have complementary skill sets and they they excel at both. You know the the whole point here of of getting all these guys on the right side was to allow Haskinen to play the left side, but we've kind of fallen back into a in, into a place here where it it Haskinen is going to do his thing and he's going to throw somebody else on his back and get us there, and, and then we're going to muddle through with the other two pairings. And 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 you know I I hate to regurgitate the conversation we just had, but as we when we talk about the the transition from regular season to playoffs, this is this is the sort of weakness that we're talking about. It's like yeah, there there may not be you know if you're if you're the Colorado Avalanche, let's if you're you're if you're you know Bednar, let's say, you may not be able to do anything about Miro Haskinen as an individual, right? He's he's just that good. He's going to get his. There's just not a ton you can do. You you sure as shooting can look at the way that that Yanni Hockenpah is playing right now at the weaknesses in Ryan Suter's game. Um, you know, some of the thing, some of the inconsistencies we're seeing at Lundquist and, um, you know, Colin Miller as well. And there are some things on this defensive unit that you can specifically attack and you're going to put Pete DeBoer in a position where he is either having to lean even, you know, that's, that's what is either going to push minutes for Haskinen and Lindell up into the red line, which, you know, he's, he's proven he can handle at this point, but do you really, you know, do you really want him playing 35 minutes, right? Um, or it's going to put you in a position where you are just the, the football analogy, right? If you find a cornerback that can't cover you, throw at him every time. Yep. And, and I think we're kind of getting to that point. You know, it's, it, it's been a work in progress to get there, but I think, I think we now realize halfway through the season that this isn't a, a this, this is a, this is a, pretty good defense but it's a defense that has holes and right now we're blessed to have to have Ottinger in net but if if we don't have Ottinger in net and we show those holes this is so you know we're we're back to a uh to a middle of the pack team and well, that's and even not where we, we need to be and even if we do have Ottinger in net right I hate to be I hate to be downer guy but Ottinger played a historically good playoff series last, you know, last season against the Calgary Flames and Dallas lost in seven games. So it's, it's one of those, like, even if you, and you can't because it's, it's the nature of it, that position in any, even if you just assume, you know what, Jake Ottinger will automatically always be the guy that played against Calgary. We, we will always see best Jake Ottinger in the playoffs. Well, they, they've, we've lived that life as stars fans and they didn't win that series. So the idea that you can just kind of shrug and say, well, it'll just, you know, put a little bit more pressure on Otter, but he rises to the occasion. He likes big games, insert cliche here. Like, no, it, it's still a problem that you have to fix. 
Yeah, and, and the thing is, it's a who who on the defensive side is either going to shut things down, and 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 we've certainly gotten a little less physical on the back end. But even more important, I think, who's going to be able to move the offense forward and and, and contribute because that's really the core of the change of of the the core identity of this team. And we need defenders who can push play forward and can jump on jump into the play. Haskinen, yeah. yeah, yeah. But beyond that, Lindell can try. Uh, you know, all, all of the guys can try, but nobody's really making a big impact doing it. Yeah. And and this is this kind of takes me back to to the point where I'm saying, you know, regardless of what we want our seven on D to look like, before we get to playoff time, we really need to take a look at what's going on with Harley and and see if he fits that mold. Because if if you don't do it now, we're going to have weaknesses come playoff time. Yeah, or we're either they're going to either the stars are going to have weaknesses around playoff time, or the stars are going to have to be figuring it out. Uh, they sorry, not or and they'll have weaknesses come playoff time, and they'll still need to figure out those answers anyways, right? Yeah, it it, it, it seems unlikely. It's, it seems like you're you're wasting a very good season elsewhere on the roster. If you look at this and say, hey, we're just going to this is the group and we're going to see how far they get us and what happens from here. Yep. Yep. And I mean, all, ultimately, I think you have to take take the chance and say, I'm I'm going to move move Hanley down and I'm going to move Harley up and we're going to maybe split a little ice time between some of the guys who who are on the lower end of, of the here's how much ice time I get scale. And let's see how that how that works out. Because I'm, if you're if if you don't do it now, you're you're gonna live with what you have, and uh, and uh, obviously uh, you know, there are weaknesses, and and weaknesses come playoff time are exploitable. And I also want to be very clear, like I'm I'm for I think I think that we're talking a lot about the difference in this team versus previous additions to the Dallas Stars, and and how in some ways things have gotten you know they aren't as good or they've gotten worse. And so I, I want to be clear that I think that this version of the Dallas Stars is better than the you know strong team that lost D. to Calgary. It's it's better than the team that lost to Calgary yes. last year in the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, and in a lot of ways, I think in terms of sustainable performance, it's better than the team that made the run to the bubble final, um, because there's there's just more to it that is less less dependent upon individual. So, but my point being, not to get into a, a which Dallas Stars would win in a fight debate, my my point being that this team has upside in a way that those previous additions didn't. And I think that the the coaching staff is is obligated to to explore that and to try and figure out what the heck is going on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think part of that is, to me, it's pretty indefensible that Thomas Harley hasn't played a minute at the NHL level this season. Like, there's there's not a huge reason in my brain. That, well, like, I mean, the the huge reason is is the same reason why nobody's up. I mean, we we don't have a full roster, and that's because we're playing this weird little cap game. Yeah, where where we can't afford another player because you know, we're 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 accumulating cap so that we can bring in another player or or do something a little more drastic and have some cap space at the deadline. But we're right we're right on that edge where if we if we don't just absolutely stay with the lineup that we have, 
we 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 don't have any options, and so you're you're stuck, and 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 so this is the problem with being right near the cap and and not biting the bullet and saying I'm going to go some kind of weird long term injured reserve route. Yeah, and and other teams, other teams go the long term injured reserve route. That's all good and fine. That's all within the rules. The advantage to what the stars are trying to do is that if they don't go the long-term injured reserve route, that that means that they can use any of the leftover cap that they have to address uh, address performance bonus overages at the end of the year. It'll save them money moving forward. And so there there's some real good valid reasons to not to to play the game straight and and just stay under the cap without using any of those other ways that you can manipulate the cap. Yeah, and and you know we talk about this is where the fact that they've built in a, you know they've built in a nice cushion to this point, and they they've got the space in the standings, and they are still winning games, and it's not like this is, this it's not a situation critical moment, but again, would you rather be figuring this stuff out right now or in you know another month, right when when it just see it seems like. It seems like there's lots of just there there are dashboard lights blaring at you saying take a look at this, take control of this, do something about this, and they're just not. Yep. In a way that frustrates yeah. me. It it's frustrating, but that's that's kind of what they've set themselves up to do. Yeah. And so and so you have to live within those parameters, but I think with with the any kind of you know call-ups that we do with with uh, with the Texas Stars, um, we should at least be learning what we have available to us. Yeah, I think and, that's a really good I think way that, to put it. And, and I think that's probably more important with Harley than with anybody else. And I think as well with him, with the forwards, there's. I wonder if it's also partially because Harley is more of a known quantity, if that makes sense. And there's there's this thing where with um with with the forwards with the the you know the the likes of the Olsen there there are some questions but what what did the stars actually have in some of these guys and what are they you know what, what's their role and how do they best use them and there are some pieces there that are a little little bit more unknown whereas maybe with with Thomas Harley part of the problem is that the organization is so familiar with him that they they're more comfortable waiting because they they have a better idea of what they're going to get when he gets there yeah, but I mean, the, the downside to that is that what they did was they sent him to the HL, say, work on your defense. He's been working on his defense. His defense has improved incredibly. And so now that he's kind of shown that he's willing to get with the system, bring him up and allow him to join the attack, which is really what his skill set is. And, and and amazingly, that skill set fits perfectly with what the Dallas Stars are trying to do. It's what this team needs, right? Like we, we've talk, yeah. been talking about it all podcast. This is not a team anymore. And I think, again, I was, as I was saying, I think this is a positive, even though it's going to come across as, as as a negative. But like this is not a team any longer that is built to thrive, leaning on the team defense, defense and goaltending to win close games. Like this, this is a team that has success when it is pushing the other direction. And right now they're getting away because of you know injuries or whatever they're getting away from that identity and it's causing problems for them yeah but you know again maybe maybe we've uh, we've hit our hit our time limit here pretty quick 
I, I don't want to get too negative because no. uh, again, we're we're talking about ways that this team can get ready for the playoffs. And and that's not necessarily the conversation that we were having at the beginning of the year. And so we're 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 tweaking we're tweaking success as opposed to trying to fix something that's going to actually get us into the playoffs. Yes, and, and we're talking and about a team it, that's leading its division, right? Yeah, it's, exactly. Like exactly. Our, <laughs> yeah, our, our coach our coaches is, is is going to the All Star game. So, yeah. I mean, this is where we're when you're successful, you you're your problems become uh, what what I call more first world problems. They're 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 problems that everybody else would love to have. But at the same time, right? Th- this is what happens. This is a team that again they're leading the division. They're you know pick a metric goal differential, goals for goaltending. You know they haven't lost more than you know three games in a row. Any all of that stuff, right? This is a team that that is now carrying itself like a contender. And so our, it is okay for our – if we were Ottawa Senators fans and this was the season that we were having, I'd be hammered constantly. I don't know. I wouldn't be able to function. But the reality is this is a team that has earned expectations, and as a consequence of earning expectations, we're going to ask these questions. We're going to look at – Instead of instead of looking at a game against the New Jersey or the New York Islanders and saying, you know what, they they were able to to get it to overtime and and secure the extra point in a shootout against a very stout defensive team, right? We're going to look at that and say, well, why wasn't it, you know, why wasn't it two to one at the end of that game instead of one to one, right? Why why couldn't they get more breathing room? That's Dallas has been good enough to earn that kind of scrutiny, and so here we are. Yeah, and and we've gotten out to the point where you go into a game and you expect that uh, you know they they may not come out of the gate absolutely hot they may actually struggle a little bit in the second but in the third they're going to be on their toes and they're going to they're going to you know throw a bunch of goals out there and and we've been spoiled a little bit so far and and so when you see a game like the Islanders game where you where where this is tight and they're getting some really good can- chances here in the third um, oh, I'm getting nightmares of of last season, and it it's it's uncomfortable because we've been accom- accustomed to success. Yeah, and you know it's a great place to be, but uh, you know we're Stars fans. We we're we're used to uh, looking uh, looking the uh, over the other shoulder to see what's catching up to us because we've been burned too many times. Yeah, and and it's also you know fair. This is about getting better. It's always about getting better, and and it's fair to. That's part of the fun of being a fan, right? Is is not not being satisfied. Never never be satisfied, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm satisfied when it's about eight eight zip with about thirty seconds left. <laughs> then I'm just worried about the next game. That's, I'm just <laughs> True. Conditioned by my fandom, but we're, we are gonna. It's it's. Again, like you said, these are they are problems, but they are good problems. This is a good time for the stars to work through those problems. And I think organizationally there are, you know, many options to address them. And it would be, you know, if, if the the real one thing on my wish list is I, I do think the team needs to figure out where it's going to invest its its accruing cap space and its its resources close to the deadline, whether that's going to be middle six help or whether it's going to be blue line help. And I think they've got a you know a month or so to figure out what that's going to be. And I, I can't wait to see them do it. Well said. Great podcast, Mark. Any any predictions, anything you want to get in before we, we log off, knowing that by the time we finish recording, the, the New York Rangers game will have finished? 
I I will. I, my prediction is that I've decompressed from being on the freeway way too long, and I may have to have an adult beverage. I love it. Well, that's a good thing. I can I can concur with spoiler free because no matter what, when you're watching Dallas Stars hockey, it always goes better with an adult beverage. If of course, I let us an age appropriate beverage. Let's yes. let's say that because we don't want to. We know how influential we are, Mark, and we don't want to <laughs> give the the all the the stargazers out there um, any bad thoughts. Well, it'll be interesting. Here's hoping they pick it out. It'll be you know no. I haven't seen any real updates on on Hens, but I, he didn't make the trip. But I, I I think that he's in play for Calgary. We'll see how how practice goes, but. Uh, It'll be an interesting game against the Rangers tonight, a big one against Calgary coming up, and we'll just see what this team can do for us. Thanks always to KT for for stitching this together. Um, Mark, your insights and analysis, especially coming in hot from uh, a car ride, we appreciate that. Don't forget to download, don't forget to like, and welcome, hello, and thank you to our our new sponsor as well. well. We'll speak next time. This podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal.